Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and good evening. My name is Joelle and I am the Vibrarian and you are tuned in to the Psychic Inside Show. Now, I believe that everyone is psychic. You just may not recognize it. And so each week I have the real pleasure of sitting and talking with different people who are shared their are sharing their experience of how they kind of figured out what their psychic gifts and abilities were, what that journey looked like for them. And we have had some really fascinating and wide-ranging discussions, and I anticipate that tonight will be no different. Now, I'm here on the Vibrary Radio Network, which is part of the Blog Talk Radio family. You can find out all about all of the programming on Blog Talk Radio if you search for The Vibrary. That's V-I-B-E-R-A-R-Y. And we are a repository for high vibrational and elevational information. Um, Also, I'm gathering people together. I like to call it the Good Vibe Tribe. And I've got a community on Instagram and Facebook a uh, small, small following on Twitter. I'm not so much on there, to be quite honest with you. As you know, it takes a lot of energy. But I'm definitely on Instagram and Facebook, and I love the energy in those spaces because people are sharing the most beautiful, uplifting pictures and memes and messages with each other, and I love to be a part of that. If you see something that you want to pass on to spread the light, please tag Get Listed or Good Vibe Tribe. Let me know because I would love to amplify that energy as far as I can. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram under at The Vibrarian, and that's V-I-B-E as an energy, R-A-R-I-A-N. Our show line this evening is 646-787-8436, and you can give a call during the show if you have any questions. And then if you want to come on the air, just press the pound and the number one, and I'll bring you on as soon as possible. Now, many of our regular listeners know that sometimes we offer psychic readings as part of the show, depending on the particular individual who's coming on for this evening. I do want to share with you that we will not be having a psychic reading this evening as part of our program. So you'll have to tune in for another time for that, but I have a feeling that there's going to be some real wonderful messages that come from our conversation. So as I am out in the world in places having readings myself and talking with people in community who are also psychic and all manner of things, I am just absolutely fascinated about where people start from and where they end up. Now, I live in Atlanta, Georgia. That's the home base here for the library and all of my activities. I've lived here about, I guess, 25, 30 years, something like that. I consider myself, although I'm a transplant, I really feel like an ATLian because I've been here long enough to have seen a lot of things come and go. One thing that I do know is that when you leave Atlanta in the state of Georgia, and go out into the other areas of this state and around the South, there is a real difference. And when they talk about being in the Bible Belt, I absolutely assure you that that is a very real kind of energy. Uh, For a long time, I think it's only been within the last five or ten years that we could even start to buy alcohol on Sundays here because there was just general 
prohibition. So what you find when you leave the metro area is a lot different kind of way of life that is, of course, agricultural and rural. And my guest this evening, I found out about her last year during our first season of the show, and I did not, unfortunately, get a chance to interview her. So I reached back out this year because I said I really, really am curious to find out because from what I understand, she started out in the bright lights of the big city and somehow ended up in eastern rural Georgia, which I expect is going to be quite an interesting tale. So I would like to welcome this evening my guest, Pam Powell. Pam is the co-proprietor of Gentle Source Reiki, which operates in Winder, Georgia. Pam, welcome to the Psychic Inside Show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. I am so excited to talk with you. I wanted to share a little bit from what I can tell about Winder, Georgia. The population is about 15,000 people. I would say that it's uh, I've been through Winder, like on my way to somewhere else, and by that I mean I probably saw a sign on 78 or the highway or something that told me I was passing through it. But it, how would you describe where you are living at this particular time? It's very country, um, definitely as far away from city life as you could imagine, and but I will say this, it is rapidly growing. Okay. A lot of people are moving out to the country. And are they knowing that they're moving to the country, or is it the country becoming city because it's, of urban sprawl in Atlanta? Yeah, it's urban sprawl. It's not um, individual homes. It's housing development where they have um, – Oh, I guess you you would call it a housing development right. where they have several houses yes. within the area. Yeah. It's not just a house here or a house there, which is what it was when I first moved down here in 2010. And that okay. was what I liked about it because it was still rural. Now, where were you moving from at, that this rural um, energy was appealing to you? I was moving from the little state of New Jersey. Which had been, yeah, it had been called the Garden State, but now it's called the Asphalt State because mm-hmm. there's no more farms to be found. It's all houses mm-hmm. and roads. And I wanted something different. It was just a little too congested. And we ended up down here in Georgia. And I really liked it. I liked being connected to the land and the trees and just the quiet of it. I really enjoyed it. Had you ever lived in a rural environment in New Jersey or in your life before oh, this move? I, yes, I started life on a farm, a horse farm. Okay. So, okay. I mean, we had we had animals and we had horses and sheep and all kinds of good things, and I really enjoyed growing up with that. But as an adult, I lived in the city of Philadelphia. So I got okay. very used to the city and the hubbub and the, the fastness of it. And when you move down, how in the world do you throw do you throw a dart that says, uh, where in Georgia am I going to go? Oh, there's a little spot on highway, what, 78 up east. 
somewhere. Like, how did you end up in Winder, Georgia? Had you ever heard of Winder? Is there a family connection there? I did. Um, I actually had a friend at that time that had moved down here, and we had come down to visit, and I just thought it was so beautiful and so quiet. And, you know, I thought, well, if the time ever comes to retire, this is where we'll move. And then New Jersey had three really bad snowstorms back-to-back, 36 (laughs) inches or better, each one. And Mm. my husband said, you know, I think I've shoveled enough. I think it's time for that move. (laughs) And so that's how we got down here. And never looked back to three feet of snow again, I'm sure. Well, I will say we've had a little dusters down here. But now when you were in New Jersey, were you (laughs) – actively involved in the healing arts or any metaphysicals as a way of earning a living? Not as earning a living. Um, It was sort of a side thing for me. I had always had the ability to be connected to the the spiritual world. I used Mm -hmm. to get messages and dreams as a child of things that were Mm -hmm. going to happen. And this gift had been passed down from my mother and her mother and father and then my father's mother. They all had Mm. the gift to receive. And so I just came by it naturally, and I thought everybody had this capability. And I would find out that I also had the ability to give healing to people or to make them feel better by the laying of my hands on them. And I didn't know what it was, but I just knew that people felt better afterwards, animals. And I thought, I really like this. But I kind of lost track of it, and I started on another path, and I started doing tarot cards and metaphysical readings. And I kind of wanted to figure out exactly where it is I wanted to go. And I came across a lady uh, at a church one day, and she said, you know, I think you would like coming to our Reiki group. And I'm like, oh, okay, that sounds interesting. What is it? And she gives me this information about how it's the energy force and it comes from the universe. And it's like, well, that's what I do anyhow. (laughs) And so that was my introduction to Reiki, and that was about 2005, I think, was my first introduction to it. And I've been doing it ever since. Okay, so there's a lot. I have like 1,000 questions. Okay, so when you talk about then that you had like a family inheritance of Mm -hmm. this particular ability, was it something then that within your household as a child when you would relay things, that it was something that was just normal within your family to talk about that aspect of what you all saw, or how how was it? It was my mother. My mother's father was born with what they call a veil over his face. Oh, good call. This, <laughs> yes, and mm-hmm. it is the gift has been given to him through having this veil, and so he was the mm-hmm. first one. And he passed this ability to see into the future to my mother, who then passed it on to Mm -hmm. me. And I have passed it on to my daughter, and she has passed it on to her sons. 
Wow. And now, yeah. were you also born with veils or just the gift? Like no, the, the physical just veils? my grandfather. Okay. Yeah. And then I found out. That is so out. interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I, actually, I'm just fascinated because I've always read about having the veil as the, when babies are born or a call is, is also C-A-U-L. I've heard it referred mm-hmm. to that That's term. That's what I call it. Mm-hmm. And, but you don't ever hear that in modern times, quite honestly, like you did that it would be something like in country births or at home births amongst the farm communities and things that these baby births would be reported more so. I'm fascinated by that. And he was born in the 1800s at home. Okay. <laughs> and they kept that veil wrapped in silk for years. And my mother never really knew what happened to it, but the family kept it because to them it was this great honor that had been bestowed upon him. Mm. And this was in Newark, um, New Jersey. This was not in a country Mm -hmm. setting somewhere. Mm -hmm. That is so interesting. So you found it very support. Did you learn them from your family about your gifts Mm -hmm. and how to then manage it um, as, at a, it was, as part of that? Yeah, it was just something very natural. I mean, especially with my mom and I, we would talk about it more so than my dad. He he was a little standoffish. My dad was extremely, um, what is the word I'm looking for, skeptical. Even though it mm. came down through the family, he could be very skeptical mm-hmm. about it. And I would like one morning in particular, I got up and I came out to the kitchen table and I was young and I said, Aunt Sally's moving. And my dad goes, no, she's not. And I said, yes, she is. She's packing. She's going to the Midwest to be with Chicky, which was her daughter. And my dad goes, she's not going anywhere. And my mom goes, you better go check. And sure enough, (laughs) she was packing and she was going to go move with Chicky. So my dad sort of got used to when we would do these predictions, and my mom would get these dreams also. And it was just something that was very natural. I didn't realize that we were different than somebody else. I'm very curious about your dreams, or I guess um, I always would refer to it as precognitive visions mm-hmm. during dream time. Um, mm-hmm. In for example, in my experience, I, I'm lightly precognitive in dream time. I, it just is really weird when it happens. But like one day, right before I woke up, I had a all of a sudden I saw the dash of my car and the check engine line. I heard it click and come on, and then I saw the little orange neon engine light itself, and then I woke up. And it wasn't even probably eight or nine hours later that I'm driving and all of a sudden my check engine light goes on and my car loses power and I saw exactly what I had seen in the Mm -hmm. foretelling. But it was like, it's almost like playing charades sometimes, like sounds like two words, you know. Sometimes it's really hit or miss to know if I'm, you know, having an actual Mm -hmm. precognitive experience or just kind of a regular dream time now you were a child so you would dream would you dream the scenario or would you have I would dream the whole scenario Mm. I would be there part of it and I would be talking Mm -hmm. to whomever was going on with and then Mm. when I would wake up I would say oh you know like with Aunt Sally she's moving or that someone was coming to visit us 
um, mm-hmm. things that would, would happen. Uh, my dad had a business, and the one time I saw that we were being robbed, mm-hmm. and sure enough, it turned out like within the next month, we did have a, a break-in, and we did have this mm-hmm. happen. So, you know, mm-hmm. at that point, my dad said, well, maybe I better listen a little closer when you tell me <laughs> next time. Mm-hmm. So as you, you said you entered this phase in where you were, well, let me ask this first. Was your family connected to a particular faith or religious practice during Pres- your uh, Presbyterian. Okay. We, we and it was just normal. It was just normal. The interesting thing was this is not something that we spoke about with the church people. Okay. <laughs> and I never I never really knew, you know, we just never seemed to go in that area when we were with the church people. And, and now I understand mm-hmm. why, because it would have been kind of frowned upon. But, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know. So within but your here, your family environment, it was not anything that was a conflict of faith in the way that you all were living your day-to-day lives at all? No. No, not yes. at all. Okay. No. <laughs> And so you said you have passed then forward your your uh, gifts and inheritance. Now, is it you said also that you kind of departed away from some of the direct involvement with your gifts in terms of how you sought to earn your living and kind of the first phase of your life is that kind of correct? And then you came back into healing and more gifts. I came back into healing. I have worked in the medical field almost all of my life as a medical assistant. Mm. So mm-hmm. I was always around people who mm-hmm. were sick and not feeling well. Mm. And I just would have this feeling that this is where I should be. So I always thought, well, maybe I should be a nurse. And then it was like, no, that's not the answer to it. Mm-hmm. And I would have... Um, like I would go into the room with some of the, the we had a geriatric practice with the one doctor mm-hmm. and I would just sit there and I would like hold their hands and I would talk to them before the doctor came in mm-hmm. and they would say, oh my gosh, you have such an energy about you. Oh, you make mm-hmm. me feel so good. And they didn't realize what they were telling me. I just thought it was like, oh, I have mm-hmm. this nice warmth in my hands. My hands are nice and warm. <laughs> but that really wasn't it. And and then, like I said, I was trying to figure out where I belonged, and so I also had the ability to do tarot cards, and I yes. used to do that on the side for a time. But that wasn't giving me the fulfillment that I wanted, and it wasn't until I actually got into the Reiki end of it that I realized this is how I can channel the energy. This is how I can help others, and that mm-hmm. was really became my passion. Now, you said a friend recommended that you explore Reiki, Mm -hmm. and you were also, you said, already in consciousness community. Was it a foreign thing to you, or you kind of had heard of Reiki, so you were like, oh, yeah, or was it like, what is Reiki? I had never heard the term used. I had heard energy Mm -hmm. healing. I had heard that, but I had never heard a name put to it. And I am a firm believer that the universe puts you where you're supposed to be when you're supposed Mm -hmm. to be there. Mm -hmm. And 
a church in South Jersey was having this psychic fair. And my husband and I said, oh, a church? Well, it was a universal church, a spiritual church. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. And so Mm -hmm. they they had advertised this. And I said to my husband, I think we ought to go. Let's, you know, go see. Because I was always looking for people who were connected on a more spiritual end, more so than the biblical end. Okay. And yes. we went there, and I just felt so at ease because people were talking about the same things that, you know, you get you can get premonitions or you can tell if somebody's not feeling well. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, this is what I'm looking for. And mm-hmm. the lady's name was Joanne. And she said, I do a journey class once a week. Why don't you come and see if you like it? So I went the following week, and it was extraordinary. We would Mm -hmm. actually do journey into spirit world, meet our guides. And it was at this time point, she said, I think you would really do well doing Reiki because that seems to be Mm -hmm. where your energy is. And she was going to have a Reiki class, Reiki 1, and it was myself and my husband and two other ladies, and we did this class. And when we got finished, I'm like, yes, this is it. This is what I want to do. And mm-hmm. that was my start on it. And I have And that you Reiki said that was one. about, about 2005, you said? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Okay. And I've completed Reiki 1, Reiki 2, and when I got to Georgia, I met a wonderful group of like-minded people in coming, and I became a Reiki master. Okay. And then um, I also went on and did Karuna Key Reiki and became a master in that. Okay, I was wondering about your pathway of were you uh, Usui Reiki? Was that your first? uh, Usui was my first. Reiki. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, and then the Karuna, you said you you just um, worked your way through those as well? Yes, again, I came up and, across, her name is Dr. T, or Dr. Zan T, and she happened to be a Karuna key master, and she mm-hmm. said, I really think your energy is, it's a softer love energy more so than a masculine energy. And mm-hmm. she said, I think, you know, you might like this. And I took my uh, classes with her for three months, and I just, I loved it. So now I've incorporated the two of them together for myself. Mm-hmm. Now, for our listeners that may not be familiar with Reiki, would you um, describe what your Reiki definition is in? My Reiki definition is basic. Reiki is two words. It's life force. And it depends on, I guess, what your belief is. God, you have Allah, you have Muhammad, you have Buddha. And these are all people that you would pray to. I believe that the universe is made of energy. And this energy is what gives everything its life force. And it's this energy that works through me. It's not me doing it. It's not my energy doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm simply the the little conduit that it passes through into the person. Mm -hmm. And that person 
can feel this energy coming into them. It's like a warmth, and you start feeling warm. Um, you can I can do a Reiki session where I do the whole body from the head to the toe, and I clear mm-hmm. out any stagnant area. And everybody has it. We, we get um, upset mm-hmm. every day, and we hold this in. And so working with the Reiki, I actually move that out of the body, and I put good energy or warm energy, healing energy, into the body. And the person gets off the table feeling so much better than they did when they got <laughs> on it. And that is the truth. <laughs> and I, I love Reiki, both giving and receiving. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm both ends of that. And I will say, so the 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 basic systems of Reiki, when people are interested in learning this, if you're intrigued by it, there are many, many people who are able to pass on the knowledge. And it basically consists of in explaining the energetic pathways and providing certain symbols and pathways mm-hmm. that the energy has been aligned with that are passed yeah. down from teacher to person and then able to help flow the energy that is coming through you in certain expressions, right? So it's really uh, quite beautiful as a study, for one thing, for people who are into systems. And there are mm-hmm. many, um, I love that there in a, is an evolution of Reiki from Karuna, Holy Fire, uh, Teramai. Uh, there's just so many Reiki systems. And I believe that that is a beautiful thing, <laughs> you know. It's like at one point you're a general practitioner, but sometimes you might have an optometrist or, a, you know, a podiatrist. Exactly. So as people are moving into these different pathways, that, like you said, you found that the energy of one um, aligned really well with the way that you naturally had already kind of figured out how to move the energy through you. Now, Mm -hmm. one common thing that I know is that people who are natural energy movers, sometimes at the beginning they're drawing on their own energy source, which has a negative impact on a person's individual health. And one of the benefits of learning a system like Reiki is that it allows you to learn how to become a vessel rather than the source. Did you experience any kind of um, imbalance in the years that you were healing people? Well, not accidentally, but without a, a name for what you were doing? Yes, I did. I would find that if, if, I was giving somebody just, you know, like holding them, and I could feel my hands would get so nice and warm, and I would just sit there and I would let it go to them, and I would notice the next day I would be so exhausted. Mm-hmm. And I was like, gosh, mm-hmm. what's wrong with me? I know I slept last night, and I didn't understand mm-hmm. that I was actually passing my energy to this mm-hmm. person and depleting me. Mm-hmm. So that was yes. something that when I started to understand Reiki, I understood that it's not my energy, it's universe energy that's coming through. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's one thing also, I, you know, I hear both sides of the debate. People say on one hand, well, I'm a healer, but 
on the other hand of it, people say, well, I, you heal yourself. I'm a facilitator of your healing, <laughs> you know, so it's kind of mm-hmm. quirky, but it does, there is an energy to how you are interacting with people that as a flow through for universal energy, you know, that is, um, that's, that's not a personal, that's not an egoic, that is like a Mm-mm. purity of transfer, that it is with a, um, um, I've always understood through my Reiki is that it goes where it needs to. All you're doing is providing a channel and a direction of your intention, but the the energy will heal what it is need, most needful for that person to heal themselves with. You know, it's like, uh, I may know that your solar plexus chakra is a little tweaky and feel that and work to remove some cords and and drains that places where energy is leaking away from you. But it's not in me filling those holes with little pieces of me or even really knowing sometimes what the source of the wound is other than the fact that it's an energetic difference. You said that sometimes you do get visions as you're working on people, and then that sometimes you don't. um... It's very true, and Mm -hmm. I I can't explain it. Um, The visions that I get make absolutely no sense to me. Um, (laughs) One lady that I was working on, when I put my hands uh, on her throat chakra, I actually felt like there was a rope being tied around my neck, and I couldn't Mm. speak. And as I worked with her, it released, and then all of a sudden, she took in this really big breath and this really big cough, like she was just letting out whatever it was she had been holding in there. Mm. And then afterwards, I told her what I saw and what I felt, And she said that was how she feels when she has to be around people who are giving their opinion but will not allow her to speak. Uh, mm. So Mm. that was how she was being felt. She felt like she was being strangled Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I said, well, I don't think you'll have that problem now. (laughs) And I saw her two weeks after that. And she said, the people I work with really don't like you. I said, well, why? She said, because I am just speaking my mind. I said, good for you. you loose that tongue, clear that throat chakra. She is telling That's her it. truth. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I think that the Reiki is one of the first actual metaphors physical kind of things that was a little woo-woo. At the time, I think it was maybe 1997, 98, and I was working in a very traditional environment as a law librarian in a county oh environment. God. And one of these attorneys came up one day, and, she, you know, we would have all kind of people using the library for research. So I knew her. Her name was Jeannie. She would come in frequently. One day she said, you know what? You got something wrong with your knee. I can fix that for you. I was like, what? How did she know that it was swollen? She said, I do a little Reiki share. And I was like, Reiki? What's Reiki? She's like, well, just come and I'll explain it to you. So I went to a health food co-op and sat in this group of people, and this lady scared the bejesus out of me because she leaned over and she said, she said, it's not a heart attack, sweetie. 
And I had been having heart palpitations for like a couple of weeks. It turns out I had like indigestion, but I had really been getting worried that I was going to be having a heart attack. So this lady at a little health food store tugs on my shoulder saying, oh, you're not going to die of a heart attack. It's so Everything's okay. I'm like, who are you people? And what, what are you doing in here? <laughs> in this group. But it was really beautiful. And it was like maybe an hour and there were probably 15 people there and mm-hmm. they just kind of went around the room and stood around people. So uh, you said that you went to a Reiki share for as part of your introduction to Reiki. And when you got down to Georgia, you have ended up starting a Reiki share down here. Now, when yes. you got to Georgia, were you experiencing the same kind of openness to metaphysical that you were used to? I have to say that when I, when I got to Georgia in 2010, I never felt so isolated in my life. Mm. And if you said the word Reiki or energy share, these people would look at you and they go, is that devil worship? And I was like, really? mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. And I went, mm-hmm. excuse me? And they go, well, we don't know what that is. I said, well, if if you'd like, I can explain it. They go, no, that's okay. And I said to my husband, mm-hmm. oh, my God, what are we doing down here? <laughs> so I, you had not really necessarily think about that aspect, or you were like, well, how bad could it be? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I never yeah. really thought about the Bible belt. You know, people said, you're going to the Bible Belt. And I thought, well, yeah, people go to church, you know, not thinking that they were, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, that they were not open to new ideas. But I have to say that in the time that I have been down here, especially the last three years, there has been such an opening of the mind to accept Mm -hmm alternative ways and I am just so happy to see that I really am um the one thing well you know my belief is well I believe it's because of people like you and others who are venturing out into the places bringing energy that is new and it's not yes. just Reiki. I mean, people bringing vegetarian food to the middle of Cattle Farm, Texas. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's a lot of tra- cultural transference happening right now. And I think it's a beautiful thing like you. You know, what you're looking at like maybe a decade, almost eight years you've been up there, nine uh-huh. years or so. Yeah, uh, that's quite years. a bit of change. Yeah. Now, do and... you have an actual storefront Reiki practice the gentle source i have my home i have a room upstairs that is my meditation reiki room i have my crystals all in there and Mm -hmm. um, when i do sessions i do them in there when i do distant reiki i do it in there and i have a reiki table and i actually Mm -hmm. visualize the person on the table as if they were right there Mm -hmm. And I will do a total Reiki session on them. And I can feel where their problem is. I can clear it out. I can um, help alleviate mm-hmm. pain that they're having. And I I love doing it. It doesn't matter if you're close or you're far away. I, I can do it. So. Mm-hmm. 
The one thing I that I have learned. To... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say the one no, thing that one I have learned, learned? Um, is that using Reiki, you can eliminate the need for opioid medications. Mm. And I say this personally because I have had eight spinal surgeries. Oh. And they've been very intense. And I received Reiki before, during, and mm-hmm. after. And mm-hmm. I literally, I, I woke up in the recovery room, and the nurse says, um, and what is your level of pain? And I went, mm, maybe one or two. And she goes, no, 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 mm-hmm. you're, you're doing it the reverse. It must be like nine or ten. And I'm like, no, it's like one or two. And they couldn't get mm. over that I didn't need pain medication. Yes. And, you know, I was telling someone, I think maybe a year or two ago, that I saw on the Cancer Treatment Centers of America that there was Reiki services being offered from the top-level menu, like the drop-down menu, Uh very present. And I thought... How wonderful, A, one, that that health is being treated from a holistic standpoint, right? And that it's mainstreaming, if you will, to be where it's actually promoted, not as, you know, not one of those kind of little sidebars, like if you choose to use any alternative, you know, it was like really promoted strongly to have uh, Reiki services for yourself, as energy with chemo or anything like that, and I thought that that was really um, uplifting, kind of inc- well, encouraging to see that moving that way. It's encouraging and down I, I, here because when you get mm-hmm. to the north of the Mason-Dixon line and west, there mm-hmm. are, oh, my God, thousands of hospitals and clinics and offices that are all incorporating Reiki on a daily basis. Um, wow. One of the other things I do is sacred childbirth using Reiki, and that mm. is where I meet with the mother when she is in her sixth and seventh month, and we clear away over maybe four, four or five visits all of the problems that she has carried with her from birth. Oh, wow. So if That's she, beautiful if she to has, clear that from the chakra. Yeah. Wow. You clear mm-hmm. everything out. If she if her mother had a difficult birth with her, that also was carried by her. So we mm-hmm. clear that out. We clear out problems that she may have had with her parents or her siblings or her job, mm-hmm. anything, even her husband. And we clear that out so that she can be and the baby can come through this childbirth with a whole lot less pain. Yes. Wow. And a whole lot less energetic clearing to do as they resolve their own journey going yes. forward. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's, I had not heard of that before, but I could absolutely see why that would be, um, you know, a beautiful part of even the whole labor and, and all of that. So mm-hmm. I have a sister who likes yeah. to have babies underwater. She would probably really love to <laughs> to have underwater Reiki birth, baby birth next Sure. <laughs> of course. Um, I mean, and you not only can you do this prior to having the baby, because through the sessions um, we give the, the patient or the, the mother-to-be um, cue, cue things to think about as she's going through the labor. But then again, she can also have Reiki 
while she's in labor, which also continues mm-hmm. to help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, I tell people all the time that if you would just get at least at minimum an attunement and a Reiki treatment from a service uh, practitioner and Mm -hmm. if nothing else Reiki level one so that you can begin to have a practice of healing yourself using Reiki, which is really what Reiki, you know, level one focuses on, Um, you know, the things such as sending healing to others and then passing on the knowledge to others are are for those who wish to pursue it to the higher levels of certification. But absolutely, like, it's almost like learning how to um, pie making 101. Like, if you can figure out Reiki 101, then your ability to really manage your own energetic system on a level is very enhanced. Do yes, you definitely. are you doing Reiki classes in up in Winder? I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have anything scheduled at the moment, but if people were interested, we could certainly do it. Okay. A lot of times, people do like a one-on-one instruction environment. Um, I did both group and individual, and. Mm-hmm. I like the group for level one because I kind of was, you know, there was a doubting and a skepticism that what I was feeling, I was feeling, and it was nice to have other people who were like, wait, do you feel that? Wait, you know, so we were all kind of in a novice, newbie kind of position, but I found that, uh, you know, even like you said, sometimes the most unusual things coming through with the images and then later finding that they were validated when the, the client comes back to you and says, you know what, I now am speaking my truth. Mm-hmm. It was very validating for me in terms of trusting myself, even yes. in the face of illogical unusual things that I was perceiving and seeing. Um, did did you find that it leveled up your feeling of of competence in yourself? Or were you kind of really already like, I know what I'm doing, I just don't know what I'm calling it? I I became more confident in myself, but I always have this little ego voice that tries to tell me, even today, periodically, It'll say, what do you think you're doing? Do you really think you know what you're doing? <laughs> and you go, yeah, I do. Go away. <laughs> but that's, that deters a lot of people from doing this because ego doesn't like to give up control of, of us. And when you use Reiki, you get rid of all that ego. You don't have that. Right. Now, your business opening in your home. Mm-hmm. Did you face any challenges in opening your practice or because it is, um, I guess, a soft service at this point in terms of we don't have to have cosmetology licenses or massage therapist right. licenses, things like that? Was it yeah. easier for you? Did you have zoning challenges or any kind of attitudinal challenges as you look to start your business up there? I didn't because I was doing it um, slowly. It wasn't like I had a storefront and I was opening up and people were standing in line to come Mm -hmm. in. It was something Mm -hmm. that I was doing gradually. And then when we did the first um, Reiki share, 
I was absolutely amazed. We had 12 women show up that night. Wow. (laughs) And they all said, this is something we've been looking for. We didn't know anything Mm -hmm. like this was around. And it has just continued to grow. How did you find your community? Were you... Was there a community newspaper you put an ad in or a bulletin board? Or? I did it online. Um, I also have an area where we have, like, the neighborhood, and you're online with it. Mm-hmm. And I put the notice out there that I was going to have this monthly Reiki. And I just um, told other people. I told where I was working. I said, oh, I'm going to have this. You know, if you'd like to try it, why don't you come? And by golly, I couldn't believe we had 12 people the very mm-hmm. first month. Wow, that is wonderful. And so in the Winder area, um, is that, that's between Atlanta and Athens, right? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, yeah, it's between Atlanta and Athens, but if you're more local, it would be like Brazelton, Winder, Statham, and oh, okay. Athens. Okay. So, so were you pulling from all of that area more? Yes. Yeah. Or just? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, we were pulling from all of it, and I was just so surprised. I have one lady that came from Lawrenceville. She heard that we were doing okay. one. So it was, and um, we've had people that have stayed with us the whole time. We have people that come and leave, and then they'll come back again. Mm-hmm. And we have people that come and say, it was interesting, but I don't think it's for me, which is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but it's it's an open-door policy where no one's turned away. And um, are there any stores up there, like, that are doing crystals or sage and smudge or any kind of artifacts that are... Not not near me. If I need something, I have to go to Cummings or to Roswell. There's nothing near, near me here. So where did you find space-wise to have your your shares? I happen to have a very big room over my garage. Oh, okay. And, Wonderful. And that worked out very well. So you picked well. the right house when you came down. Look at that. Isn't that funny yep. how that works? <laughs> the universe put me where I did needed to Did you know, did you have any idea that you would be bringing a community gathering together around your 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 idyllic rustic mount, uh, rural home? <laughs> no, I didn't. I really and truly didn't. <laughs> I I hoped for it and I put it out to universe, and universe answered. That is wondrous. Funny how that happens, isn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm. Now it sure is. In terms of the difference in approach or mindset between urban and rural or northern and southern, if you would is there anything that you could articulate or is it more of a T V glamorized concept about the differences between the North and the South? <laughs> I don't think it's TV glamorized. There is definitely a difference. (laughs) People in the South are not as open to new ideas. And, and again, I don't mean to be disrespectful when I'm saying that. But they're not as open to try something. They're a little more hesitant where Northerners seem to jump in 
It's like, okay, let's try that. That sounds interesting. You know, I'm I'm open to new ideas. And, again, I mean, I've been around people, especially up north, that were into um, the Reiki, and they were into crystals. They were into tarot. They were into angels. Um, I have another friend who is a um, shiatsu healer. And so I, I had such... Um, an education before I ever moved down here. And so I was so surprised that people down here just didn't know of these things and really, at first, were not that interested. So that's why mm-hmm. I'm saying now I'm so happy to see that more people are really coming up and wanting to know about this. It's so interesting because on the one hand, you know, well, the South is quite complex, so... You know, I will mm-hmm. say more of the rule because I have Midwestern roots and there's a lot of similarities between the Kansas Midwestern farmer and the Georgia farmer. George, you know, the Southern farmers just sometimes the rural areas have that, that stronger tint of racism still persistent than mm-hmm. they, in what I found in the Midwest. But what I found is that the kindness and openness in terms of looking people in the face and saying hello and having community and all of that, I find it to be more friendly in the South and the Midwest than the New York. So while there may be more open-mindedness, to me it feels almost like people are so busy they don't have time to just engage people, whereas in the South and Midwest or rural areas, there's no rush. You know, we're going to take our time. We're going to get to know people. (laughs) We're going to, you know, I'll I'll Uh change my mind eventually, but in the meantime, you want some sweet tea? (laughs) You know, kind of. uh, So there's a balance in the two. You know, I really do love the South, but I have to be honest that there are some challenges in and rule as well, where they just don't necessarily can't relate to each other's day-to-day life. And mm-hmm. when you're living in a high-rise reality versus the we get up and we feed the cows and work the land reality, there are a lot of differences on the one hand and then a lot of commonness on the other hand, which is that people, when they're needing healing, they really will. That That is what drives people to expand themselves. It's generally a crisis or a need that is not being met. So if you have not found relief from traditional chiropractic, if you have found yourself struggling with, as you said, opioid use mm-hmm. to manage your pain, and someone says, you know what, try this Reiki. It doesn't matter, I think, whether you're southern, urban, northern, rural, white, black, you will seek something that can provide you relief when yes. it boils down to it. And you're that absolutely right. is what leads people to explore Reiki or pranic healing or even psychic readings or spiritual guidance, you know, and mm-hmm. it could be a, a physical hurt or an emotional hurt, you know, but seeking healing. So I think that's the common denominator you know, um, to it. But I think it's really important that people such as yourself are ambassadors of bringing in different energy into a community such as Winder that is small and closed 
and for people from small closed communities to take their energy to big urban open environments as well. We're all being improved for those, I guess you would call them cross-cultural emissary kind of, you know, you've been an ambassador for the light up there now for nearly a decade. Mm-hmm. changing one at a time the people who've met you and the people who've had appointments with you. I'm assuming that you get a lot of referrals from word of mouth. <laughs> people yes. follow you, maybe. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is there any time that people say, you know what, I don't want anyone to know <laughs> I came? No, not really. But I do okay. keep everything personal. <laughs> um, you know, I don't really discuss one client with another. And... Um, mm-hmm. So nobody would really know who came or who didn't come that way. But now you go to to the Reiki. I'm sorry. The people who come to the Reiki Mm -hmm. share also then become individual clients. Yes. Yes. And you said you mentioned the uh, Reiki group in coming. Which which? uh... That was the one at Sphere Innovation with yes, Ben Solomon I was thinking, and Melba. <laughs> yes. yes. I they, knew that uh, had to be it. Um, yep, that was it. That, that they were my lifesavers. <laughs> yes. You know, I Ben Plowman has been a guest on the Psychic Inside show, so I am very much a uh, enamored of him I think he's wonderful I actually went to the Reiki share up there In North Georgia uh, Through a friend's recommendation I will say I only made it that one time Because it was really Far from Atlanta In rush hour traffic time yeah. Which is what had to happen to get up there But there were about eight people In the group at that time uh, The night that I went And people brought their crystals It was kind of like the theme of the evening It was quite wonderful And also the um, Up there at uh, in Brazelton Infinity Floats um, oh, yeah. I uh-huh. spoke with the proprietor there, and she mentioned that there is really a very strong kind of North Georgia light worker network hub that is out in that way. I'm assuming that that's part of how you're connecting with all of these <laughs> these yes. groups and yes. things. Uh huh. Yeah, they have. Um, now, are you on Meetup? I was. But when we decided that we were going to move to California, I came off of Meetup. Um, Nancy is a a very wonderful lady who is a Reiki master and lives like two miles from me. And she now takes over the Reiki share. So I'm not doing it at my home now. We're doing it at hers. Okay. But our move to California has been put on hold. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> okay, you're going from coast to coast uh, in, coast in to between. Coast. Now, um, if somebody wants to, uh, your your Facebook page is The Gentle Source Reiki, mm-hmm. and your website is also thegentlesourcereiki.com, correct? Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay, so, and uh, can people contact you there about your Reiki shares and services? I know your services are there. Are your other events available through your website as well? I can let them know if they ask us, definitely. Okay. 
Okay, excellent. And if people wanted to email you, how? Uh, what is your email address or and phone number? I always love to okay. provide ways for people to contact you after the show. My email is the gentle source reiki at yahoo dot com, and my telephone okay. number is six seven eight nine six three five two four five. Excellent. Thank you. Um, One of the things that I really would like to talk about for a few minutes is um, I have been in many groups and forums where there have been individuals who say, I'm all alone here and I don't feel like I can talk with anybody about this. And that usually then is the opening statement to some kind of spiritual experience or something really unusual that is challenging something, someone, and they feel that they don't have anyone to talk to. You moved down with your husband, so you had a support network. Um, you said that you both actually were Reiki practitioners, you know, uh, took mm-hmm. Reiki, Reiki certified, so you were speaking the same language on one level, so you had each other. Right. What would you say to that person who was really struggling, uh, maybe a teenager even, who is awakening to things but is not in an environment where it is conducive? How do you survive and then thrive? Do you have any recommendations? I think they should look for someone um, who does, Reiki work, who does um, gentle touch, who does uh, energy healing, uh, someone who would even do aroma touch therapy, someone like that who they could talk to one on one. There, mm-hmm. I guess if you if you go on the meetups and you look at the different uh, areas, you will find different things that are happening, and there's more and more that are coming to being. There's also, um, I'm trying to think, what out in Roswell, there is a store that has classes also, and at the moment the name is oh, escaping. Oh, and Dragon. There's well, Phoenix the Open and Dragon. Mind Center and Phoenix the Open and Mind Dragon. And, yeah, that's yeah. the one. Mm-hmm. They, If you actually asked there, they are in contact with people who are in the spiritual world in all different aspects. And they could probably mm-hmm. help them. Do you find people coming to you, not necessarily for the Reiki services, but to kind of be in your space, and because of they think that you might actually be able to understand them at that kind of moment? Yes, I have mm-hmm. had people that um, have had the dreams of things that are going to happen and they think there's something wrong with them, that they shouldn't be able to do this. Um, Mm -hmm. There are people that actually hear messages, Mm -hmm. and they think that someone is inside their head, Mm -hmm. when in actuality it isn't. It's spirit that's talking to them. Mm -hmm. And 
usually what happens is um, I'll come. I, I'm very open with the fact that I do Reiki. That um, I'm very much into the spiritual world, and so mm-hmm. I have come across people through work. And they'll say, yeah, would you like to maybe go get a cup of coffee after work or something? Sure, I'd be mm-hmm. glad to. <laughs> and that's when we sit down and we start talking. Mm-hmm. And they find out they're You're quite like, normal. Okay, spirit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's beautiful that you've been able to be up there for this period of almost a decade. It really is. I can imagine the it's like I can see just a little way station of people stopping in, you know, up there where there was no way station before. <laughs> you kind of anchored your little light, and I think that's really beautiful. Now, it's a family affair, it seems like, in, in all aspects, through your family lineage and gifts being passed on through generations, but also you and your husband are uh, your co-proprietors of the Gentle Source Reiki, am I correct? Mm-hmm, yes. So how My is that? <laughs> Jim is very, very good. He's a, a very quiet man. And if someone comes for Reiki and they would like us both to work on them, that is quite fine. And they say they can tell the difference in the energy between mm-hmm. his and mine. But then someone mm-hmm. may come and say, well, I would prefer only you. And we say that's fine. And then Jim does distant Reiki from downstairs. So they're still getting both of us to help them, but I'm in the room with them. Right. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so that you, not only do you have an opportunity to have such a healing in your home with your being able to have your uh, – client space and in your healing space within that but then to be working to co-create that in your your personal relationship and marriage to be able to bring I really think the balance of masculine and feminine because energy is different and viva la difference right you know so I think that's like that's a beautiful kind of I think. Um, Do you find the typical, uh, well, I won't say typical, but it's seen sometimes that sometimes you don't want to work with family because it's like, I see you all the time. (laughs) We've got to have some some space. (laughs) No, actually. Are there any challenges or it's easy breezy? Actually, it's pretty easy for us. Um, Uh, Like I said, Jim's a very quiet person. And he always says, you take the lead, I'll follow. <laughs> so that makes life very easy. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be the <laughs> – I can't see anybody having a problem with that. <laughs> nope, not <laughs> – Somebody's got to drive the car. <laughs> and I do. Now, <laughs> now uh, your any of your children – have they expanded into being healing practitioners such as you are? My daughter is a Reiki master. Oh, yeah. Out in California. Uh-huh. And I had the privilege when she had come to visit one time, uh, Melba Black, who is my mentor, mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. came to the house and she and I um, gave Lynn her master in Reiki. Oh, and beautiful. It, 
it was so nice because my daughter said that I gave her birth twice, Mm -hmm. once into Mm -hmm. the world and then once into the world of spirit. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. That is so beautiful to see your, like, even as you look through your family evolution then to being an unspoken but accepted reality to the then fuller blossoming of that into this is not only uh, part of our world, but this has been something that supports us, uh, you know, economically as we do this healing gift. That's mm-hmm. like a beautiful turn of the wheel that I think is very indicative of what we are going through as a societal or global consciousness. And for you, I'm not going to, I don't know your age. And, I mean, I'll leave it to you if you want to share it. But, you know, I am turning, 71. Uh, wow, see, that's so beautiful to go from, uh, at 19, uh, you know, the f- late 40s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 47. There. My dad is 72. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so to go through the uh, the dawning of the age of Aquarius kind of era to yeah. the 80s and the very uh, life-focused, material-focused eras of the 80s and 90s and to continue then to move into now where 40 years later you're in conscious business, <laughs> you know, um, whereas 40, 50 years ago women weren't even in the workplace with equality like that, <laughs> you know, so no, it's such that a was change very true. to say yeah. we went from the the back rooms to the board rooms and now to the Reiki room, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is where we should be going. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, definitely. <laughs> I can't imagine your grandchildren and great-grandchildren, especially coming from a family that has strong roots that has supported that, that has not... Uh, harmed each other because of denying the gift you all you had a, a kind of a atypical maybe 50 percent of the people i interview have good upbringings and 50 percent have like terrible times and struggles but the ones where it's so accepted and loving i'm so grateful to hear that people had wonderful childhoods such as yours where you and your mom could you know acknowledge this between each other that is mm-hmm. that's wonderful to be able to pass it down now through three or four or five generations of people in your family and acceptance. Well, I, I have three grandsons, yeah. and I mm-hmm. know two of them are inclined um, spiritually. And mm-hmm. I think the third one is, but he just hasn't embraced it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think that by the time they're little adult people that will be having completely different conversations, as different as our conversations are today than they were circa 1980, I think that's what the next 10-year kind of conversation will be for these 12, 13, 14-year-olds who are in a decade. I can't even imagine what they'll be doing with their energy and their minds. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's it's pretty exciting. Yeah. (laughs) You know. I'm so looking forward to it. it, Oh, I know. (laughs) Me too. I like, well, they keep seeing time as illusion, so I, I guess that helps. But I would just love to 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 see it, you know. But 
Mm. I think that we're seeing it now. I did, there's things that I'm seeing that I never thought that I would. And certainly to see Reiki and Winder, Georgia, <laughs> oh, Reiki share in Winder, Georgia is probably a pretty good indicator of how far things have come in uh, 40, 50, 60 years. <laughs> yes. Because at one yes. point in time, you might have had, uh, you know, uh, you might have found a loved one strung up in the back for practicing witchcraft. If it, you know, Definitely. if you had healing hands and people report, you know, you made someone mad. A lot of people, like you said, your parents didn't talk about it necessarily. It was in your family, but everybody, I'm sure, knew to bring somebody over by the house. You, yeah. you know, to yeah. to have well, healing. My father's mother. Now, my parents were married 40 years before I was born. Oh, so wow. that puts them 40 <laughs> to 50. Okay, uh-huh. so my father's mother was what you would call um, the herb woman. She mm-hmm. worked with the roots and the bark and the mm-hmm. plants. She didn't go to doctors. She would make poultices mm-hmm. and put on you if you were sick. And these things all worked. I mean, she mm-hmm. came from mm-hmm. she came from what was called the New Jersey Pine Barrens, which would be similar to the Appalachia Mountains down here. Mm-hmm. And so she was um, a, a backwoodsman. It really, I guess, is how you mm-hmm. describe her. But her knowledge was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And see, so. that happened quietly, right? And you said it would have been rural, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. in terms of your roots. But at some point, it, the tides turned in mid-last century to where that might not have been so accepted, especially in, in down south. Now, if you were doing yeah. it in the context of, like, Bible-based or in some kind of churchy way, but, no, you know, you churchy. could run afoul <laughs> of the wrong person, and very easily it could cost you uh, your store being burned. That's why I was wondering, did you have any yeah. problems? Because uh, it, I would think that it would have been a, a little more hostile a decade or two ago for sure to even having that kind of business in our community with my little scare yeah. quotes around it, you know. Yeah. But uh, the turn of the wheel comes, and, and I'm very excited for that. Would do you still love rural life? Oh, I do. Do you love it I even more than you thought do. you would? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I I love I love the earth. I'm a Taurus. So I oh. love the earth. <laughs> and I when when my husband and I moved into our house, we have just short of three quarters of an acre with it and we have trees all around it. And mm-hmm. I actually have one tree that I go out and I talk to. And if I'm having mm-hmm. a really bad day, I ask the tree if I can hold on to it. And you would be surprised mm-hmm. the energy that I can get back yes. from that tree. Yes. So if I see people say, what are you? And I say, I'm a tree hugger. That's <laughs> right. Literally. That is so wonderful. That actually came in one of my uh, readings this last week that was about the ancient tree medicine. And it was like the trees are the ancient record keepers of humanity. Mm-hmm. All that lives passes through their awareness and they contain our collective. 
knowledge. Yep. Plus, it's like the whole network of the tree roots covers the whole planet. There's no separation of the tree body when it gets down to the roots of it all. And yeah. they're like, you know, ask for that energy to come up from the roots that trees are cleaning. They're doing a huge job even cleaning not just our air but our energy as well. And you can consciously connect with that. And so that the fact that you're saying that was like three days ago that was the guidance was to go <laughs> sit down and ask a tree if you could hug it and would it, would it share its energy with you. <laughs> See? <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> I have to do it when there's no pollen, okay? <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> well, and don't I make it a really pollen tree. Oh, uh, that's the one that gets me every time. Yeah, yeah don't make it a pollen tree. <laughs> I've really enjoyed hearing about your story this evening. And did you have any uh, message that you would like to deliver? Our our um, archives for this show are in a repository that I call the Vibrary, and it's basically a living repository of people and experiences and places. And so somewhere, sometime, there'll be some person who stumbles across uh, our YouTube page and my my webpage and is looking for an episode, and they're seeking, and we know that spirit leads us to the right place at the right time. So they will open your book, (laughs) your interview, and within it there'll be something um, that I hope that will change and transform and encourage them to recognize a truth in themselves. Did you have any kind of summary or or piece of advice to cap it all off? Don't be afraid to dream. Don't be afraid to go out and look at something different because it might be just what you need. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And don't be afraid. No, fear is the biggest thing. You know, don't be afraid. What's the worst that could happen, right? Yeah. (laughs) You know, you you worry about it. Well, give it a try and see. It can't be any worse than what you worried. (laughs) Right. And all for you saying, well, what is this Reiki? Let me check it out. Instead of saying, what's that woo-woo, you know. So um, I think that that's um, encouraging. And uh, I thank you so much (laughs) for coming on this evening. I will definitely make a point to get on up there to one of the North Georgia shares, either up where you are or uh, within and that group and make a point to connect with you because I really appreciate the things that you've shared this evening and I appreciate your patience with me getting you scheduled on this show uh, for over a year. (laughs) I'm so glad that you uh, were able to come on the show this evening. And uh, I also look forward, I think, probably to talking with your husband because I believe there's probably a story from his uh, journey through (laughs) all of this that is equally as interesting. So since you're the driver of the car, you can go ahead and put that in in the itinerary let him know I'll be reading out okay all righty and thank you again (laughs) 
Thank you to all of you this week. Thank you for tuning in. This has been the Psychic Inside Show, and my name is Joelle. I've been here talking with Pam Powell of The Gentle Source Reiki in Winder, Georgia. Tune in next week on Tuesday at 8 p.m. on the Vibrary Radio Network for another interview and conversation with a person who has stepped fully into their gifts and abilities and is living the psychic life. This week, I wish for you all of the blessings that you can possibly hold and that they spill over outside of your arms into the world around you. The light in me absolutely honors the light in you. Namaste.